When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I struggle to get my words out most of the time. But it's just like with a camera, when I've got a subject, I just, it's so much easier to see and it just makes more sense to me and how I think and, and, and the light and the people. And, you know, I love to watch people and the, the body language and stuff and, and how they react to certain things. It's been said a picture paints a thousand words. For James Melia, that is most certainly the case. For him, the images he produces are more than words, they're his voice. I'm Matt Bowen, this is Phototypes. It's Matt freaking Bowen. Why waste your time trying to come up with erudite speeches when your photos say all they need to say? James Melia's images say more than enough, which means that he doesn't have to. Now, he was pretty nervous about this interview for Phototypes, which is why I'm so grateful for him making the effort to do it, along with his wife and shooting partner, Joe. Hi, James. How are you? I'm very well. Very well. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us on Phototypes. First of all, I want you to have a look around you and describe to us where you are physically. What can you see around you? Right now, we're in our little shop. Um, I say shop, it's our office. Uh, it's um, we're, we, we live in a little village in Rippenden in Yorkshire. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's, there's, at the moment there's a Christmas tree up. Uh, we don't have heating in the shop of ours, but we've got a fire. So we've got a fire going. So quite Christmassy. It kind of looks like a front ri- living room at the moment. Uh, there's uh, a couple of couple of couches and things like that, and then Max and Drobos and prints and frames and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's, uh, it's all very exciting. And the dog. Give it a shout out to your dog. Yeah. A dog, chief, chief the chocolate Labrador. Right. Before we go any further, for those people who don't know you, describe yourself as a photographer. What do you photograph, and how do you do it? For me, it's like I, I describe myself as a portrait photographer first and foremost, who, who shoots weddings, I guess. When did you first pick up a camera? When did your interest in photography start? I travelled quite quite a bit. I travelled uh, from uh, from a young age. I didn't really pick up a camera for for a long while, but the path that led me to it was uh, through travel. Um, I at about twenty, I went to work on cruise ships. Uh, and um, it wasn't it wasn't there, and I could have picked up a camera. It'd been an amazing place to to photograph things and stuff like that. But I just ended up selling booze on a cruise ship and meeting loads of interesting people. Um, from there, we uh, one of the places we stopped was Vancouver in Canada, um, and I absolutely loved it. So I ended up coming back to the UK and getting a visa to go and live in Canada for a good year or two. It was um, absolutely loved it, but I was uh, struggling for work and did, did various different things. But um, ended up getting a job with one of my friends um, uh, working on the film set. It was a, a job going watching a car park um, for sixteen hours a day, 
um, working on Final Destination 3. It's very, very uh, glamorous and, uh, and over there and things like that. But um, And then from there, just worked on different film sets and sort of learn and I went on from there. Uh, it was... Uh, yeah, it, it was a, it was a really good experience and got to got to meet some incredible people. Um, so obviously quite visual and things. Uh, visa ran out in um, in Vancouver in Canada and I had to come back home. I moved to South Africa, travelled all over. You know, still no no real interest in photography and things like that. One of the um, one of the people I met there was. Uh, um, I worked on a, um, a, t- a TV show. Uh, it was The Biggest Loser, I think it was. Um, and so while, while I was there, the uh, the producer's wife was a, ph- a photographer. She needed an assistant fashion photographer. And uh, so I assisted her a couple of times. She passed me on to another photographer called Jack Veyers, who's an amazing, amazing photographer. And I assisted him for a bit longer. And he was just such a such an inspiration to me uh, in, the, in, just in the way that he, he just the way he approached photography and he was photographing some big clients who were running around and it was an amazing job and looking back at it now I was just so grateful and humble to, to have that job but I didn't realise how lucky I was like stood on beaches holding reflectors you know looking at these um, amazing models modeling like shooting for these amazing brands and things like that so obviously completely got the bug then bought my first camera uh, which was a, a Canon 40D at the time with a kit lens um Worked for him a little bit more and then decided to come back to the UK. Uh, and, yeah, just wanted to start up a, a career in um, uh, fashion photography. But, obviously, you know, it's not the easiest industry to get into. So I tried a little bit and still didn't really know. And, you know, the, at the time, there wasn't as many workshops available. Not that I knew of, anyway. And, yeah, and just uh, so I had to find some work. So I ended up working for my dad. Uh, and from there, just... Uh, just building it up from there, just learning as much as I could. So yeah, and that was that was it really. What what did your dad do? What work was that? Um, so it's a family business, uh, and he's uh, I work in. Uh, it was a funeral directors, which uh, most people don't really know about. So I worked worked with him for about two or three years, which was which was fascinating, and it was it was good. It was tough. Um, it was a lot of, lot of hours in there, and. You know, uh, I don't know. Like with the with the job, everyone asks the question. You know, do you see dead bodies? And do you, do you, you know, like what do you have to do and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, like we we did have to do a lot of the stuff that you'd expect and stuff. But the one thing I did learn is obviously, you know, it's it's the massive moment in people's lives that you know everyone has to go through, and you know the 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 things that you have to do to sort of reassure people and look after them at that time. It's it's just so important. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I worked with worked with my dad for a little bit and my brother uh, doing that, which was uh, a little bit different photography. And then uh, about three three or four years ago, I sort of uh, handed my notice in. How did you um, How did you start to build up a sort of body of work? That's probably was, not the right phrase, given that you just <laughs> were talking about undertakers. Mainly, I did a lot of test shoots because obviously I started out with the fashion photography. I did a lot of test shoots, so I pulled models in from Model Mayhem um, and stuff like that. Looked at other photographers and sort of built up bodies of work like that. And um, and then it was only till uh, like weddings. I always had this idea of wedding photographers being quite well, just like the really stereotypical, you know, quite cheesy staged wedding photography. And I didn't realise you could do it the way the way that you, you know, like anyone, there's so many other photographers out there at the moment that just do it the way that they see things. And I didn't realise you could do it that way. 
And my uh, my well, my current wife, who's uh, who's sat next to me now, she uh, she convinced me to shoot a wedding um, of 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 friends or of clients for her because my wife's a makeup artist. So she would uh, she she had these amazing clients called Russell Russell and Lisa, and then uh, I went and shot their wedding in Leeds. Um, just just one for for nothing, just for the experience. Really enjoyed it because they were quite characters themselves. And uh, yeah, it just um, it just it's just gone from gone from one thing to the other, and just going out and doing little style shoots, and you know, just building up work from there. What was your approach to that first wedding? Oh, I did that just, just absolutely shitting it, to be honest, <laughs> absolutely shitting it. Um, I'm yeah, I'm quite a nervous person as it is. Um, I don't I, like with with the camera when I'm photographing. I don't I'm not bothered at all, but. Uh, Generally, I'm really nervous. I'm always concerned about other people, and I want to make sure everyone's really happy. But so you know, going into a wedding, I just shitting myself completely. Um, I've done not as much these days because we've shot quite a few more. But that first one, it was yeah, it was um, it was yeah, it was a different experience. Uh, but you know, I just I I just went went with my gut and photographed what I thought they wanted and. And, you know, one thing led to another, I guess. But, yeah, and it is what it is. So did you approach that from a sort of um, portrait standpoint where that was the most important part of the day to you to get those right? Or were you just concentrating on everything, really, for that first one? Um, a bit of everything, really. About more, more about what they wanted. But I know, like, with the when I was starting out in weddings, I think the main thing is to get, like, the epic portrait shots to get these amazing couple shots and it's still really important and like to us now um, when we shoot a wedding it is really really important to get those shots to get that you know those those moments of the couple but then like as time's passed and like seeing how weddings evolve and stuff it's, it is you know it's more important to get it's as important to get you know fathers and mothers and aunties and all the other connections that there are and it's really important to us that because it is that's what a wedding is it is all these people coming together Joe so, shoots with you now. Yeah. So, how did you get her to make the change from makeup artist to photographer, or did she want to do that? Um, a bit of both, really. Joe's uh, just sat staring at me now, so I feel a bit under pressure from both angles, to be honest. Um, Joe's been shooting for what two or three years now, uh, and it was like I remember the first wedding. It's just you know, like just come along, bring you know, like have one of the cameras. Just, just shoot whatever you want to shoot. You know, I'll show you what I know, and then and that's all I can show you. And um, just sort of went from there, really. Uh, and then just sort of did more and more. And then Joe's makeup jobs still, to be honest, they're coming in, but um, she just does less and less of them. Um, she really enjoys shooting, so it's it's really nice to have her there. Uh, and we just it just works with the pair of us there. And we, you know, we both sort of have the same same values and stuff when it comes to families and photographing uh, weddings and things well joe's joined us on the interview now so joe you tell us why you wanted to get involved in the photography as well and what you bring to it i think i did um i must have done a shoot with james before he started shooting weddings and um i did art before so i kind of always had um a different way of thinking about things and it was just I think he just sent the first set of pictures that that we we did because obviously I used to do makeup then and and, and James shot and um, it was just a feeling about the pictures that I don't think I'd ever seen anywhere else before like 
Um, the sense of soul that came from behind the pictures that James took, I could almost, I knew the person because I'd met them on that day that he photographed, but there was just something that he captured that I wanted to be able to do myself. It was something that I'd seen in people over and over again, but I just didn't know how to kind of describe it and things. So I think that's probably where it started for me. And literally from that day, I was like, I, I want to do that. I want to be able to do and see things and feel things how he sees them. So um, that was it. And I think I literally shit myself as well because it was really scary because, you know, to me, I just thought he was incredible and just he just gives everything. He just gives everything when he shoots and, and he doesn't care what he does or what he says. He just wants the person in front of the camera to feel comfortable and... Um, um, I think we just realised we had the same kind of beliefs and things, didn't we? And, and it's it's just capturing people's soul, I guess. That's I know it sounds like a really cheesy big thing to say, but if, it just feels to me if you can get behind the kind of static and you can get inside, then that's really what, what we want to do. So that's what started me out. <laughs> How does the dynamic work then at weddings between you? Who shoots what? Do you have set roles or do you, is it quite fluid? I suppose we do have set roles. Uh, like we we shoot certain stuff. Like I will shoot. Let's um, say the group shots. Joe's amazing at shooting the details. Um, so in that sense, it's not that we don't like us shoot details on some weddings, and Joe will shoot group shots. And um, it's not that we it's set in stone. It's just it just flows like that pretty much every wedding, and it works. Um, you know, we, we work together and we work you know with a couple and, and stuff. So. Yeah, um, there's no no particular set roles, but we just do what we do, and it sort of gets us to to the end of the day to the client having the pictures. I kind of just want it to be quite a natural movement throughout the day for a couple as well, because it's there's a lot going on for them. <laughs> it's a big day, and there's just a lot of people involved that they really care about. So, like, we're not bystanders. I wouldn't have said it's not it's not like that. It's just that we kind of just fit in with all the family and friends, and and just just try and make sure that they all feel really comfortable with us so I guess it, it, it helps that that we're together and and you know we've got a dynamic that works in that way but we kind of just chop and change a bit don't we and, and shoot whatever we need to when we need to and whoever feels most comfortable with us and that kind of thing so. James you mentioned at the start that you consider yourself a portrait photographer what is it about shooting people in particular then that appeals to you it's it's that um it's just that moment. Obviously, it's, it's showing people the, who, like, who they are almost in in the you know, like getting to know someone for you know half an hour and then taking a picture of them and then showing them that the, the image and stuff. It's it's just it's quite addictive in in all fairness. But I just I love the connection. I love um, the people involved. Those quiet moments. I always think it's I always going into a portrait shoot if it's just say one person. And we've planned it, and it's in the woods. I always imagine this this quiet moment that you're going to get this amazing single image, but it's never like that. It's never. Um, it's, it's generally all over the place, um, and the, my mind's going at a thousand miles an hour, and I'm trying to make sure that they're happy, and you know, so I come away absolutely exhausted and drained, and literally just give everything and make a complete dick out of myself just so I get you know, like try and bring them out as a person. You said that you, you know, you quite a nervous person speaking to people and whatnot but you feel much better with a camera is that then the, are the pictures then your voice yeah massively massively i've always struggled writing um, a lot of stuff that we write on our blog and facebook and all the social media stuff 
Um, I have to get Joe to proof uh, just because it's, it's, you know, I was, I was told I was dyslexic at a young age. It's not, ex- not an excuse by any means, but um, I just I struggle with it and I struggle to get my words out most of the time. But it's just like with a camera, when I've got a subject, I just, it's, it's so much easier to see and it just makes more sense to me and how I, I think and, and, and the light and the people. And, you know, I love to watch people and the, the body language and stuff and, and how they react to certain things. So It might sound a bit wanky then, but do you go into like a different zone then? Do you, is that your escape? I suppose it is. It is an escape. It doesn't sound wanky at all. <laughs> um, but uh, it is, it's a massive escape for me. I love it. It's addictive. Um, the whole process is just... Obviously, going out there and photographing someone, and then you're coming back and you, the, the editing. I'm a big fan of. I'd, I'd like sitting in front of my computer editing pictures, and I want to get a, an image to give to someone that's just going to blow them away and stuff. So yeah, I do kind of go into a bit of a zone, but then I don't know. It, it does. I know what you mean, wanky, but yeah, it's just I, you just do what you have to do. I just put myself out there because I want them to feel comfortable. My main thing is that you know if they feel at ease, then they'll give me more of them. In, in the picture uh, and it's just really important and are the two of you always photographing generally in life or do you have a break away from the camera uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd say we're probably mostly photographing aren't we yeah. it, we were just talking about it before and I think we're uh, huge observers of people like whenever we come away from meeting somebody new or somebody we've not seen for a while and we, we notice really tiny details about not just physically, but, but their, their nature and, and all that kind of thing. So it's just, yeah, we said before, didn't we? I wouldn't have said we kind of, we just sit and observe because obviously we get involved, but it really matters, doesn't it? Like the connection with people and, and just the way they are. And, and I think we both find like huge amounts of magic in, in that. And, and it's hard not to get completely involved when, when you go and shoot people. It's just all anything i mean we're both a massive fan of light and you know early mornings and a bit of frost and you know it can be the tiniest thing that just triggers that excitement and then you have to go and shoot it there's just no way of not did you two meet at a wedding were you doing the makeup joe (laughs) (laughs) i think we were actually introduced by um one of our like i don't think you were friends with her at the time it was something that i'd worked with for quite a while yeah, it was just on that one sort of when we were trying to sort of get things going and I really wanted to, to get involved with the wedding industry and things and James had just started and it was just one of those things and we sort of started talking one day and I don't think we ever stopped. <laughs> James gets a breather every now and again but I actually never stopped talking. <laughs> right, well let's carry on talking. Who's been an inspiration then or what inspires your work and both of you can answer this if it's a different different answer? I think it, it always comes back to people for me. Um, like uh, people that are really passionate about what they do, whether they're photographers or not. You know, like we've got friends that are amazing musicians, and they're just they're just good, and they just love it. Um, and it's just you know when you meet someone like that, even if they're they're an accountant and they love what they do, um, it's just nice to be around and watch. Uh, and it kind of it's you know so it inspires us that way. Um, there's lots lots of other photographers out there that are amazing uh, that we that we love and and stuff. But yeah, I think I think when people are really passionate about what they do, yeah. and, and people that capture like reality, just real, not necessarily gritty things, but they just manage to capture the honesty in, in people. We just can't get away from that, can we? I think if we could aspire to do anything, it'd be to tell somebody's 
really true story and, and just kind of it be as honest as possible. So, yeah, like James was saying, anybody that has it doesn't have to be a career, does it? It could just be that they really love the hobby. Like, I think we must have had the postman come in the other day and he told us about being into Northern Soul and he goes to Blackpool every every year. And, and we were just like, he was awesome. It was how great to have that sort of 10-minute chat with that guy. You know, he's so busy at the moment. But it's, I don't know, we just get inspired by anybody's kind of story as long as they're, you know, passionate and not fed up with stuff. Yeah, yeah it's really contagious, isn't it, when someone's got a... Uh... A passion about it and they're really excited about it it definitely rubs off on you yeah yeah, yeah massively massively yeah. when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And what about influence then? Who's influenced your career and lives to get to where you are? I don't know. Like when we were starting out in weddings, we shot. We looked at lots of different wedding photographers, um, like through UK, like America, Australia, and all that. And it's obviously some big names that you can you could drop in the conversation here. Um, but oh, who's saying before like the, the photographers? If if it would be that that sort of inspires us, other than you know the everyday people and, and that kind of thing. Um, would be the people side are always it, it can be anybody doing doing whatever they're doing but I suppose it's it, we get really inspired by people that perhaps have struggles um we were talking about it before we photographed um two little boys yesterday and um one of the little boys is struggles with um Asperger's and the other one's on high spectrum with um autism and I think we just literally just went with the flow, didn't we, yesterday? We just we just wanted them to enjoy it. We literally didn't really care about us at all. We just wanted to kind of get in there. Um, and I think as far as things that inspire you, then to be able to tell their story, you know, I mean, one of the little boys, he's, is he 12? Yeah, he's, he's 12. and he's an amazing writer and he's so fascinating and, and interested about, you know, all sorts of things and he gets really into details, but he's incredibly anxious and, and you know, he struggles with such a lot of ways of expressing himself and, and it was just so great to make him feel comfortable and, you know, to see him step out of his comfort zone and come along to us because even coming out of the house is quite tricky for him. So, you know, for us to be able to just see him outside in nature, obviously a lot of our photographs are outside and, and being able to be a bit more of a free spirit rather than bound by life in general. Um, and then going on from there, like photographers, I guess, um, we've got here Nirami. Um, is that her actual name? I do, yeah. <laughs> I feel we don't, really we don't bad now, like I know her. But the way she writes is just absolutely phenomenal. And the pictures are just beautiful. We've, we both found, I think Joe found her years ago, We've been following her work ever since, um, Australian photographer, but yeah, just absolutely beautiful. And then I really like um, 
a photographer called Jan Stoltz. I think I think that's how you say it. But it's a lot of film work, film portraiture. Like looking at photographers like that, photography work like that, um, just yeah, really, really sort of pushed away where we uh, we look at things. A lot of wedding photographers now, or I, I guess it can apply to other photographers as well, kind of shoot for themselves and want to get out some sort of amazing picture from it to put on their blog and whatever but it strikes me that you guys are quite the opposite to that and you're shooting for the people would that be fair to say i think we've probably i think everybody has to go through like a journey of of experimentation and just seeing where it's going to go and and there will have you know there can't not be times where you take a photograph and and you get a response on social media where you think oh people actually really like it you know amazing we've never ever not felt grateful have we for for people liking our work and obviously you do get caught up in that and it it matters of course it matters but I think we realized after a good couple of years and especially when you've done a larger amount of weddings we, we, we don't we haven't done loads in the last couple of years but I think at our peak we might have done about 50 odd in in one year um together and it it does they don't form patterns in particular, but I think what we realised was rather than just going into it, it's a job, you know, we know what we're doing now, we've got comfortable with it, um, let's just get these amazing shots. We just went, actually, these are human people, you know, they're just, they've got their own lives, they've got their own backstories. Some of them have um, confidence, you know, and, and, and it's kind of a fun day and stuff, and other people have massive vulnerabilities. And, and it, I think the main thing's always been that we just want to tell their story and I think it's kind of made us evolve a little bit as well because on a wedding day you can only tell what they've set up on that day as their story you know it's it's an orchestrated day it has to be it's been planned it's been organized and a lot of time and effort's gone into it so I think in the last couple of years we've we've really really wanted to push into doing portraiture more um, and having the opportunity to not have an event as such but give them time to be themselves and it matters a lot to us doing that now, doesn't it? Mm. I think and we're a big fan of being out in nature as well, yeah. and and taking people out into nature and and that sort of organic side of it all, um, and taking so taking portraits out there, and just being just being a part of all of that. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's a big thing for us. Really, it's like back. It's all, it's kind of a bit odd, really, but you know, people it, weddings is like I'm saying, it's quite orchestrated, and it's amazing that they've put all that effort in. You know, they just want the family and friends to have a good time at the end of the day, but. It, there's something different about taking people back to nature and you know quite often some of our couples will come from over from the city and and we'll encourage them to come over where where we live because we've got beautiful woodlands and open moors and it's quite often wild and wet and horrible <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know quite often they'll come and I think they'll feel more at peace being out there and they can, you know, laugh at James making an absolute dick out of himself and, and <laughs> kind of feel all right that they stood there, like, you know, together and or on their own. I don't know. It just, there's something great bringing people back to nature and, and we love that. You guys got married quite recently, wasn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> did, has that changed your approach and outlook onto your couples? Because I know it definitely did for me. Yeah, massively, to be honest. Um, we shot quite a lot of weddings before our wedding um, and then our outlook on weddings after it like we group shots are group shots like you know I've heard a lot of photographers may have been myself as well that complain you know when a couple ask for a lot of group shots and you know it's it's fair enough now but looking after my wedding I realised how important it is because I come from such a big family I wanted those pictures 
with my brothers and sisters. <laughs> Officially, actually, James said, if you say to Joe Brown that you want 10 group shots, going to fucking kill you. <laughs> actually, maybe cut it down to like a five and bearing in mind that James is one of five and there's then like cousins and all sorts of craziness on there. And I think we realised that it's just as important, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's changed things massively for mm. us um, and the way... Um, the way we see things and the way we look after people as well on the day uh, and you know like just like little things like they're going to they're gonna happen throughout the day um, and just knowing how important it is you know like dads and daughters and the, that sort of connection and things What excites you and it doesn't have to be about weddings or photography it can just be day to day stuff The main thing that excites me to be honest is, is, uh, is I, I'm going to bring it back to photography but it's just I think for me, because I struggle so much um, explaining myself a lot of the time, uh, like I, I really find it hard to get my words out. And like, if you meet me on a day-to-day basis, it's fine, things like that. But you know, a bit of pressure, and I'm all over the place, and it really, really, it really bothers me. So, like, for me, when when I've got a camera, when I'm out, and it, it just makes it so much easier, um, so much easier to sort of see, and it, it just, yeah. It's just. Oh. I think for Jay, <laughs> like some ranting wife in the background, <laughs> um, he really loves communicating with people. And um, I think on a relaxed basis, like we were saying before, he'll just, he's actually like a bit of a big kid. So we'll just throw himself in at the deep end. And like when we were talking to the, the two boys yesterday that we photographed, he will just like, um, he doesn't care what he says to make them feel comfortable. Um, and I think that it does come across in the pictures that that, that, that that's what you know that's what he's doing. Um, but I think he's really really scared and that he can't get that across in, in words. Yeah. So the, the dynamic between us two is really that I understand him really really well because we chat a lot at home and at work and pretty much never get rid of each other. <laughs> but it means that like um, it's a bit easier to sort of write about, isn't it? I guess in, in that way. So. I've never seen him more excited about anything than when he's shooting, really. He's just a different person, completely different person. So. Cool. So what scares you? James, I think it's probably podcast interview, so we'll skip on to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Massively. Life is just such a huge thing, and uh, like I, I really feel with photography that you've got the chance to capture. I go on about all the time with our Instagram feed and all that kind of thing, but it's... You get you get like a split second to get a moment of, of something happening, and it and it's oh God, it's such a privilege to have that camera. And it doesn't matter about the gear and that kind of thing. Obviously, we we're grateful, but it's it's that kind of it's just sometimes that split tiny tiny little moment that you get that in another thirty forty years or a hundred years or however long that photograph lasts for that that's going to be the memory for some person. You know, that's going to bring back a whole thing. It's going to bring back a huge amount of, of feelings and, you know, and, and perhaps some people might want to go back to that second and wish they could squeeze that person and touch their skin and, you know, just, just kind of go back to it. And it's just, it's such a privilege that it does scare the shit out of you being in front of people because you don't want to spend half an hour with them and give them some crappy picture that anybody could have taken. You want to get that real part of them and, you know, getting to the bottom of that actually when, when you're with them because you are full of nerves. I mean, I know James is nervous speaking. Like, to photograph somebody and have them in front of them, I get speechless at that point because 
you just want to be able to say something to make them go, oh, it's all right, I can be myself, you know, just so that you can give their family and their friends that picture that, that, that when, when they're gone, you know, that they're going to remember them by. And pretty scary just knowing that you've got the ability to do that for a family and, you know, for a person. Yeah, but also a privilege, I think. It is, yeah, yeah. massive privilege, yeah. Okay, what is your favourite swear word? And you can both answer this. <laughs> I could think of several right now. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I, before the podcast started, I think I said the word fuck quite a lot. Um, and then various other ones. So yeah, I'll probably go with that one for me. Joe doesn't really swear, to be fair. I don't. If you could be anything else for a day, then what would you be? See, I really struggled with this because... I can't see myself being anything else. Um, I feel very lucky for for what I'm doing. And it, it, there is, you know, by this podcast, there's a moment of calm when I'm doing it and stuff. And, you know, I, it just it just fits and it works. So I, really, I, couldn't, I couldn't honestly answer that question. Um, something related to photography, probably. Something to get me back into uh, photography in some way, you know, working film or I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, really, really struggle to not think of something else that's uh yeah that's not... um somebody else that we interviewed said another photographer a different genre of photographer so yeah, and i thought that was a really interesting answer joe anything for you i think when we were talking about it before you know uh, james is very much sort of in the in the realm of of just you know i know he's really happy sort of being much more comfortable being there and i think he's found his his place um but i, I think because I find it so fascinating that people are so very, very different. Um, if I if I could be and do anything else, it, I'd find it really hard to be just one person in particular. So I always imagine what it would be like to be in somebody else's shoes. So and it, it wouldn't necessarily be a, a photographer. It would be you know what would it like? What would it be like to be? I don't know something really simple. What would it like to to be amazing at surfing or like just be great at growing plants or be a surgeon. Or, I know it sounds really crazy, but there's just so many different life experiences that are out there that, you know, even though your life could be like a good 60, 70, 90 years or something, there's just so many things you could actually do and experiences that you could have. So I find that one really hard. I just, if I could have a go at everything, I'd just have a go at everything. <laughs> yeah. That's fair enough. We will uh, we'll grant you those wishes, Joe. Thanks. <laughs> Because, you know, these things do come true. It is nearly Christmas after all. <laughs> okay. So we've got the power. Right, who living or dead would you love to photograph then? A couple of, I think it was about six months ago, I went to Salt's Mill in uh, Saltaire and I bought a Joe book. Uh, it was Vivian Meyer. I don't know if you know her, but yeah, it's just like the, the, the whole story behind her and the fact that she just basically shot all, all her life and never really she shot on film and, and just shot for herself, never saw the, the final images and her images were absolutely beautiful just incredible images and things so yeah, probably probably her like, I think we've followed quite a lot of film photographers for quite a while and I, I don't know what it is with the, with the connection with film I don't know whether or not it's because there's, there's a lot more time taken over taking those pictures and um, a lot more consideration but um, we, we were I particularly really, I'm really interested in Ryan Murhead. I think that's how you pronounce his name, just because I'm quite an emotional person anyway. And I think he just, his photographs don't necessarily show what, what he feels inside, but I know that that's been his way of kind of getting things across. And 
and he's got huge vulnerabilities and I think he, he really, really works at, at trying to get that across and he's, he's quite good with his words as well as his, his photographs and emotionally wise, the connection he has with, with the way he uses his photography to try and express himself is just something else. So, yeah, so it, to spend a good half an hour with him would be... Yes, I'm desperately trying to get him on to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he keeps ignoring my emails. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. Right. What advice could you give to another photographer who's maybe just starting on their journey? Don't stop learning. Uh, I guess listen, listen, uh, listen to your subject. Watch, the, watch their body language. Look after them. I guess that's that's all it is, really. Just look after the people that you're photographing, and then give give more of yourself. I think like yeah. give more of yourself to people because it, you're kind of lucky to be there doing that. So um, just. If you can get past the fear of, of, of giving more, then you know you're always going to get more from you from your photographs. I think it's just that's the best thing that we we always work on, don't we? Just accept that it's a it's a new situation every time you're there, and um, yeah, just learn to let go a little bit more and be there for them. Who else should I be interviewing on this podcast? Who would you like to hear from? You just answered your own question then. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Ryan. Oh, uh, well, he's going to have to come on then, isn't he? Yeah. The roommate, uh, Jan Stoltz, I think that's how, that's how you say his name. Um, uh, and then, I don't know, we've got some friends more local, Lee and Dawn from Shutterbox Films. Uh, not, well, they do photograph as well, but they film as well. Yeah. Well, like I say, we're going to try and get Ryan Muirhead on. We're going <laughs> to keep trying. Keep trying. If I have to go and knock on his door, then yeah. uh, I'll do that. <laughs> Right, before you go then, tell us where we can find you on the internet and social media and all that stuff. All right, so we've, we've just changed the, the whole thing now because there's, there's the two of us, so it's, um, do I have to do the www bit? <laughs> I've just done it anyway. So it's meliamelia.com, dead easy website. And then we're both on Instagram, aren't we? It's James Melia and I think mine's probably Joe Elizabeth Melia. Twitter? No, I don't really use Twitter as much, but yeah. We absolutely bloody love Instagram. It's like, it's just the best. It's the best, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. You'll find us more on there than anywhere else, I think. I think that's where it's at at the moment, isn't it? Cool. Yeah. That's the end. You'll be relieved to know. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, making the effort to do this for us. Yes, thanks, James. I really appreciate you being on Phototypes. And that is the end of season one of Phototypes. We're having a little break for the holidays. If you've got a favourite photographer you'd like to hear from, then get in touch via Facebook at Phototypes Pod. And you can also find us on Instagram at Phototypes Pod. Phototypes will be back in January with one of the so-called rock stars of wedding photography, Jose Villa. When I post a photo, let's say on Instagram, I, I do feel the pressure of what are these photographers going to think? Is it going to be good enough for them? on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.